Oliver Heldens is an electronic music DJ and producer from the Netherlands. Is that where I find you today, Oliver? Yes, yes. I'm in uh, rainy Amsterdam right now. Yes, and you have been on uh, quite a tear, leading a slate of new tracks into 2023. It seems like you're in a techno mode right now. Is that fair to say? Um, yeah, yeah, I, I am yeah, a little bit more focused on my uh, my techno alter ego, Hilo. Like, I think in 2021, I released 10 Hilo tracks. And last year, I also released 10 Hilo tracks. Uh, but I'm also still um, yeah, very active as Oliver Heldens as well, with more melodic, housey stuff, or things with vocals. So yeah, I, I love to do both, yeah. So explain the alter ego to listeners who may not understand what that means when an artist develops an alter ego and releases different music. Yeah, yeah. So with my main project, I'm more more known for uh, yeah, the kind of more funky, joyful uh, house and club music. Um, usually quite melodic and uh, yeah, quite groovy, and sometimes with vocals as well. Uh, but I, uh, yeah, 2015, I started a different alias where I would um, yeah, release more bass-heavy and darker tracks under. And in the last few years, that project has, uh, yeah, has gotten into a bit of a techno direction. And I've been quite active under that alias, releasing many, yeah, more techno-leaning tracks. Yeah, and how do you determine what? You're what you're going to perform. I mean, do you like to rotate back and forth? Is it just personal preference? Is it you go for months on high low and then go back to Oliver Heldens, or you are or you're sort of volleying oh, no, back for, and forth between the two? Yeah, for me, it's very easy to, to switch between the two of them. Um, yeah, and, and that actually makes it more fun if it's like one day playing as Oliver and then the next day as high low, and yeah. It's uh, that makes it yeah. It's more more exciting for me, more fun. It's of course it's also more challenging and it takes more preparation, more more work. That's also why, well, of course, the, the pandemic actually helped a lot with all this, because uh, in the pandemic, I really really had at the time to to really dive in to this the Hydro project and the, the techno side of it, and that worked out really well. And also after the pandemic, when the touring all started to explode again. I actually took it relatively quite easy compared to many of my colleagues. Like last year, I did 95 shows. Wow. And I made sure that the, that the routing was all very, that it made sense that you don't fly too much like, yeah, from from one time zone to the other. But, uh, so so actually I still had a lot of time to, yeah, to, to work on music and to prepare new things for, for, for the sets. But then also, luckily, when I'm on the road, I can still work. I'm very used to work for my laptop. So that also helps. Give listeners a sense of how you balance the creative portion that you need to produce the music versus the touring. It seems like you're going to be touring now. I know you have a lot of dates lined up through the summer and I think even into the fall. How do you... Do you compartmentalize sitting in a studio, however you do your creative work, how much time you devote to that versus getting on, 
planes and trains and in cars and hopping around at different venues and playing for people. Yeah, yeah. Well, so for me at first, it's important that I also say no to a lot of uh, yeah good opportunities, do a lot of parties, festivals, clubs, uh, and that I yeah that I, that I just that, that I just select uh, yeah that. I, yeah, that, that I'm just very picky about which shows I take on. Um, yeah, and then and then the time that I'm not busy with traveling or preparing for shows, then uh, yeah, I can spend that time working on music, or you know, or working on my health, like yeah, going to the gym or taking Important. walks. Or, yeah. How doing, long does it take you yeah. to produce a new song, on average? Yeah, so so that that that, that can vary. A lot. Uh, for me, usually, I always have um, way too many IDs uh, for for tracks or songs. Like I have too many that I can actually finish. Because usually, like when I have an ID, uh, it sometimes it only takes a few hours to develop it into a like a, a full track. Like let's say a track that's like seventy percent finished. Uh, like yeah, sometimes it only needs you only need a few, a few days of work to to get there. Um, uh, so this okay, yeah, it can be four, five, six, seven, eight, nine hours of work to to get to yeah, but where you have like a track that you can already play out live. But then, what's tricky is then to get it from yeah seventy seventy five percent to. Hundred percent, like right. th- that, that. That's something that can take ages. The last twenty just, yards of the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's something that just, yeah. Like sometimes it takes years. Like sometimes I have tracks that I'm just kind of stuck on, and then I, just, I leave them for months or sometimes even years before I get back into them. Um, but then also, uh, something that helped a lot for me. Is that I, uh, I also like to collaborate a lot. So I have, uh, yeah. So so often when I have those kind of tracks or IDs that are like seventy percent ready or that I, that I'm already playing out, but they're just not there yet. Like sometimes I like to get someone else's input and then I send it to another uh, yeah, DJ producer that I like and see if they want to collaborate on it and see if they have some interesting input and then finish it together. Is there a track in your catalog that took a long amount of time, years, that you are particularly proud of today? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, there, there are many, but uh, one of them that I'm thinking of right now was a track that that I only released uh, yeah, last year, which it, it's uh, uh, yeah, well, yeah, a rework of uh, "I Was Made for Loving You" by Kiss. And actually, this track I already started in 2015, like the actual, like the track, like the bass line and the, like the pianos. Uh, and I remember back then I was like, oh, yeah, it was such a funky, uh, yeah, funk disco inspired track that I was like, yeah, well, I'm going to send this to now Rogers and see what he thinks. And I was already in contact with him at that time. Uh, and then, yeah, so early 2016, he got the track and he really liked it. So he, he played over some of his guitars on the track and he also he actually wrote the whole song on it already back then but i i, I love the guitars but i didn't love the song yet 
And since then, it's been like a really long uh, journey to find the right vocals for the track. Like I must have written over a dozen top lines with, with, with different songwriters and singers to find the right vocal. And there were definitely some great vocals uh, in there. But, uh, but funny enough, in the end, this was in 2021, I, yeah, I, I just tried some samples instead. Um, I remember my manager, he had sent me this list of, of, of uh, like song, songs that are like, e that should be easy to clear. Like some, someone at the label sent him this list. So I, I was just looking at this list and, 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 and every song I was kind of like singing the hook over this track. And then, yeah, then I saw Kiss, I was made for loving you. And then immediately, yeah, I was singing the hook over, over this track and it just worked perfectly. It also had mm -hmm. a very similar chord progression. Um, yeah, so then uh, I, I, I found like a cappella online and then I, it worked really well. I started playing out this version already and it, it worked really well live. And then I, I felt like, oh, I, I would like to have this vocal actually re-sang by, by a whole choir. Uh, and I had, I had heard House Gospel Choir, they had done a really cool cover of my song Gecko Overdrive with Becky Hill. So, uh, yeah, so I, I asked them if they were up, if they were up, if they were up for it. And uh, yeah, they really liked it. And they, and they really crushed this, uh, yeah, kiss. I was made for loving you. Uh, yeah, and then, and then, so finally, yeah, last year, early last year, that all came together. And then, yeah, and then it was all finished. So that's something that, uh, it took more than six years. Wow. I don't think many people realize how much go goes into a song like that. I mean, the process you just explained pretty, pretty overwhelming, I guess, at some points, right? When you're, when you're trying to work on something that ends up to being a six year project. Yeah. Yeah. True. Um, but it's, it, it, it's, it's also, it's, 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 rewarding, it's, 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 it's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. uh, I love working on music. So Miami, as a guy from the Netherlands who plays all over the world, what's your impression of Miami? Um, well, yeah, if I'm in Miami, I always feel a bit like I'm like 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 I'm in a movie, or or like I'm in a <laughs> GTA uh, Five City. <laughs> okay. Um, and well, like for me, my first impressions of Miami. Or uh, or what, what I how I look at Miami is that it's um, very very multicultural. Also on the dance floor, uh, of course, there's many people from different countries, from Latin America or mid Central America. Uh, it, but it's also interesting to see that yeah, you'll have you know lots of people from other parts of the East Coast that will go to Miami to yeah to party or you know to have a good time. Uh, so yeah, that, that's also definitely something you can say about Miami that it's a great, they have, yeah, they have a great nightlife. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I think that's a nice thing about Miami that they uh, they they lend a bit of yeah stuff from from the Latin American cultures where they are also a bit more about uh, yeah celebrating life and maybe a bit less compared to New York like oh, chasing success or always working. Yeah, people always. They, they, but people also have a good time in Miami. 
What's the difference between playing a pool party and a festival besides the size of the crowd? I mean, obviously, festivals much bigger, pool party more intimate. Is that the only difference as you approach a set like that? Uh, yeah, pool parties have, is 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 is, uh, yeah, is much more uh, intimate. Um, yeah, so I, yeah, I guess with, with a pool party or just with a smaller party like that. It also it makes it easier to to read the crowd, and to to interact uh, w- with the crowd, and also in general, when you have like your own smaller party, then there's going to be a lot of diehard fans there, so you can kind of yeah really do your own thing, uh, and you can you kind of know what they expect from you, you, you know what they want, but you but you also have the freedom to try lots of new things, mm. um, uh, and then. Compared to uh, yeah, a festival like Ultra, um, where yeah, of course you have a, a massive crowd. So when you're there on the spot, it makes it a bit more difficult to to, to, to read it, to read the crowd. It's a bit more challenging. Also, uh, of course, there, there are many fans in the crowd. There are many fans in the crowd, but there's also lots of people that are not so familiar with you yet. Uh, so yeah, that makes it more like a challenge. Usually with festivals, also yeah, you have shorter set times. Yeah. And ultra, it will be like live streamed. Right. So yeah, most most DJs, uh, especially yeah, the ultra main stage. Also myself, we like to to kind of plan out the set a bit more, be a bit more prepared. The the better prepared you are, the more flexible you can be as well. Um, so and I, I like to be flexible, but um, but now with the back to back. Something that's kind of a pro for me is that I don't necessarily need to play many of my hits. I, I can approach it a bit more as a DJ. What's the most memorable venue you've played? Like, like recently, I played on this uh, this massive cruise ship called the Harmony of the Seas for uh, five thousand gay people, gay guys, <laughs> uh, mostly gay guys, and that yeah, that 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 that, that was yeah super fun, and yeah, the, the party got pretty wild in a good way um and then on the, on the other way on the other side of the spectrum i played uh, against the big the big wall of china <laughs> um it was also interesting as a stage literally in front of the big wall of china or um oh really you're in front I play, of the great wall of, and, uh, yeah oh wow yeah, or i played a few years ago at iglo fest montreal where it's like minus 20 degrees and everyone is wearing like ski or winter sport outfits, and the whole stage is literally made from ice. So it's was that the yeah, recent Igloo Instagram Fest. I saw of yours with the massive crowd? Was that the Igloo Fest um, or was that a different? Oh no, you were in the Ke- one with the massive crowd. There was, um, yeah, it was in Quebec, in Canada, Quebec. but it was there was during summer last year. Okay, so yeah, there, there was no no ice. That was no minus yeah, twenty yeah. degrees. So. Okay, final question. Who are you listening to right now and like? Um, yeah, I listen to a lot of different stuff. Uh, like for example, with, with the techno project, for me, uh, Enrico San Giuliano uh, has, has been a big influence for me. Uh, also, yeah, some some of the some of the uh, got, got, like someone that I've been listening to since I was very little, uh, Dead Mouse. Um, but then, yeah, I also love some of the kind of live uh, electronic 
music stuff like like Rufus and Soul I really like or like Bob Moses um, or also more in depth and I, I like people like Kate Ronada or Disclosure um, that's um, a good list um, <laughs> yeah. Oliver Heldens beamed from the Netherlands thanks for coming on too close to call and joining us Yes, yeah. Thank you very much. And uh, see you in Miami.